You're listening to episode 125 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. 360 Vegas podcast is brought to you in part by tickets.accessvegas.com. For the best seats in Vegas and at concerts and sporting events around the world, try tickets.accessvegas.com. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. Who would have thought such a vague <laughs> statement, like we have a big announcement, would cause the, the, the Twitter chatter that, that we had to deal with this week? It was so much fun. It was fun. It was a whole lot of fun. So much fun that, in fact, before we make the announcement, yes. we are going to share the big news best theories that was a suggestion by denver gambler and we are going to take it so why don't we take turns okay going over some of the best why we don't you do start it off it, it makes perfect sense yeah th this one i i love and, and you know for many reasons but it's from at fleming clan that says mark is pregnant and and the problem with this one inherently is i had a vasectomy like two three years ago so i can't get pregnant okay <laughs> 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 And uh, uh, Jamie M26 apparently was overwhelmed with inspiration. He because had a lot of them. He had a shit ton of them. So he here's here's what he shared. That it would be 360 Vegas Vacation 2 news, which, which was actually relatively common. I think we might have to. I didn't realize that people were like, so when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? They, really, do it? they like, really want to do those oh, again. Oh, shit. Okay. Yep. Well, I didn't realize you guys were on fucking the edge of your seat, but okay. He's coming back. I'm not entirely sure. I don't sure know who, who he, he is. is okay. But I would guess that it's a male well, that used to be. <laughs> he did say he. There's a guy here. Keep going. I can read between the lines, Karen. <laughs> Jamie had a boatload. If we stop at every single one, this, just, this intro is going to take forever. So come on. Yeah, enjoy. Enjoy the moment, Karen. Yeah, we sometimes don't have, they're fun if they're just zingers. We don't have that many grandioso moments. And you know people are going, shut the fuck up and say what the next one is. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> you sit there and you deal with it. All right, the show is moving to a daily format. Oh, oh my you know God, what? no. If we could get a couple more fucking PayPal donations, we could make that happen. Yeah, or people to write content, but <laughs> right, whatever. Right, right. Uh, Mark and Karen are moving to Vegas. No. Oh, no. Come on. Oh. Never happening. Fucking hell. Nope. That I've finally been banned from the strip, which will never happen. But, well, and how could that happen since we haven't been there since October? Yeah. So how does it happen between then and now? Well, because, you know, people figure things out. They start piecing things together. They're like, it yeah. was the fucking 360 Vegas guy gone. He's done. He's done. We're done with that one. It's bullshit. And lastly, that we are going to have our first live show. Which you've always said you're not going to do, right? Well, we've talked about doing a live recording via Skype, at the, or via uh, uh, Ustream or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but the problem is, is unless it's you and me, I can't really figure out the logistics of the Skype call being somehow part of it. Otherwise, you just radio it into me. You're only going to hear my side. It's going to be stupid. But as far as, yeah, performing live in Vegas, I 
don't see that happening. You're in Vegas. This is, well, that's what I mean. They, this, I do this podcast so I can reminisce and think about Vegas and talk about Vegas because I'm not there. When I'm there, I'm just going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So who's up next? Okay, at ToastCMU, had a few as well. His first was Matt and Daz emigrate to the U.S. Oh, that is a dream <laughs> of mine. That is a dream. <laughs> oh, it, that, that, that will happen. That will happen. Oh. Their tunica-based fun with the host Mark and Karen won the lotto on our casino. Wait, you, oh, you trampled? You got too excited there, Trample Trampled all over that one. <laughs> Those are two different thoughts. Two, Ooh, two, it is two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't look at commas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something they have in Australia. <laughs> They're not important to me. <laughs> Run on sentences constantly. Neither grammar I will, or anything I will else. give you that line again. Tunica-based fun with the host. Yeah. Next, Mark and Karen won the lotto and our own cas- and now own a casino, and we've finally finished the and we finally finished the fantasy football <laughs> bull felching rough and trophy. You are awful. You are awful. He's out of practice. <laughs> That's right. He's a little out of practice. All, All right. right. Next up, we have at Hunter said that uh, we are making an app, but it's for Android only. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I have to say, as we go through these, I love all the little inside jokes. Yes. These are people that have been yes. either listening to the show or know us, or we've had some kind of interaction, and that's what most of these are, which is just Yeah, it's awesome. fantastic. Huge, huge fan. At Bob Smith 55 said, if he was betting with our money, he <laughs> would go all in that I've landed a job in Vegas. Well, then we'd lose a, shit, lose a shitload of money, because right? that's not going to happen, because I'm not like, moving there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep making that gamble. Yeah, good luck with you, that. You, you, You've got to try it for at least a year, Karen. Just give him one year. No. Pressing. You know what a pain in the ass it is to move? Do you have any idea the the icon I would become in that city? What I could do? You want you want to talk about actually getting banned from Vegas? That would make it happen. That'd be epic. <laughs> I think you're forgetting, Karen, how like amorous Mark is when he's in Vegas. Well, like, that you is think a good how well serviced you, you We have talked about it several times, weirdly, on the show. <laughs> Good point. So, right. Hold on, I might, you I should should late constantly. <laughs> I might be rethinking this. <laughs> At James Gwynup wrote that I come out of the closet, referring to Mark, that'd not be, myself. That'd, that'd be me. And I thought it was already well documented that I'm out of the closet. Or not been in the closet. I've never been in the closet is the point that I'm going for. You just open and shut that door. Right. <laughs> you kind of look at it and go, Depending no, on the company. Not like, ready yet. It's like, I look at it going, I don't... Karen, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to go in the closet. It scares me. So don't. It's okay. <laughs> uh, at Denver Gambler said that his fun theory is that we are crowdfunding to buy and implode Fountain Blue. His real theory is that Matt is coming back. Yes, all the support mm. for an Aussie return. At Alicher or Alicher or Al Eacher. It's, it's Alistair. That's not Alistair. Alistair's Blue Storm. Oh, I'm right. I'm wow. sorry. That's Andrew. Yeah, Weak. please cut oh. that. Oh, yeah, I'm so No, embarrassed. I'm not cutting it now. You sorry. apologize to him right now. I know, and I've met Andrew. I'm so sorry, Right? Andrew. Yes. All right. So his is that Mark is having all of his damaged parts replaced with bionic <laughs> implants. That is actually in the works. He, he did hashtag <laughs> that with faster, stronger, ragier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already have a new eye socket, so it's kind of the first step there. Titanium. Yep. At Stephen Ranger one went back to the fan favor, and it's guesses we are throwing another shrimp on the barbie. Nice. <laughs> Not another one. It's just the same one. Right. <laughs> I think I don't know if we've. I think I've said this before. That line is never said over here. That's an ad <laughs> campaign that we never even saw. It was exported into, into America. We already know this from Americans saying it to us. <laughs> and, and every time they do, you guys kind of look at them and going, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Well, they like, have to play catch up. You're like, "Oh, that's right. That ad from 1987." Right. <laughs> that and people going, "Ooh, ooh, we're in Australia. You know what we should do? I'll have a Foster's." 
Yeah. <laughs> and we don't call, and we don't call it shrimp. We call them prawns. <laughs> oh lord. All right. Kitty Matt Kid thought that we may be announcing that Mark has finally decided on a name for his twig and berry, but Jamie M26 quickly reminded him that they were named Matt and Daz 1 and 2 some time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and I do have to I'm, I'm going to jump on it's the next school. one. Oh, oh, you want another? Oh one? yeah. Well, this, it's from him. Same same guy, Kitty Matt Kid. Oh yes. Um, took another crack at it and thought that perhaps we were announcing that I was unhurt when I fell from heaven. Oh, that's right. And then this resulted in this fucking prick repeatedly flirting <laughs> with my goddamn wife via social media. <laughs> so, All I have to say and so. <laughs> is he he is smooth and he is my new favorite listener. I said it on Twitter. Ladies, form an orderly line. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this man is a charmer. Definitely. This is our Toronto stud. I wish I would have known that he lived in Toronto because I was there a couple weeks ago. John Williams is seen. a quality man. He Clearly is. A quality writer. Thank he you, sir, is. for sharing. My sharing favorite. And at Captain X Day predicted that we purchased the lion habitat from MGM and are now opening Vegas' hottest new steakhouse. <laughs> and he also tweeted a picture with that, which was quite good. It was just it was, carcasses it was, hanging. Yeah, it was pretty oh, uncomfortable. <laughs> I missed that one. Uh, listen, we have an enhanced podcast. Our listeners are fans of visual media. You are not going to put that picture on there. No, I'm not going to put it on Oh, there. okay. I was going to say, Jesus. No, I might put it on there now. Yikes. Rob, or at Scar on the Rock, said he hopes the announcement is that we've been part of the VIMP, which is something he has always hoped for. Hmm. I would hmm? be amenable to that concept. It's just never presented itself. Uh. Oh. I, I, no, I am not touching this one with a 25 no, it's pole. Obviously, we are huge fans of Five Hundy and Hunter. Dave's been on the fucking show. Yep, yep. You know, we're, we're big, big fans of theirs. And, and I'll be honest, when we first started doing our show, especially since the strip was leaving, we did kind of think we would end up becoming... We'd have a shot if we did a good job right, at it. Right, exactly, yeah. and that's what we thought. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's never really come to fruition, and that's fine. That's cool. I mean, it, we've been able to do what we do and create 360 Vegas Vacation, which is clearly way more popular than I fucking realized it was. Yeah. It, uh, it was, as, it, uh, I think it was good to do our own thing and be independent. As much as we love the pre-existing Vegas media, yes. it is good to have another... I mean, Competition is a good thing. So it's good to have, I mean, not that we're competition in any shape or form. Right. It's good to have just different perspectives on things. Otherwise, it ends up all being generic right, and right. wish-washing. You all have the same opinion. I mean, this show is a lot more outspoken than their shows. Yeah. <laughs> like the way we that's, think that's we say. That's an understatement. And, yes, yes. <laughs> well, and, and I totally agree with you. If and, and I agree. We're not competing with them. But I think no. the same thing about you want to do the best show that you can do, <laughs> it, it gives you the opportunity to try things and and forge ahead and become successful and not you know I, I think if we would have been folded into them a little too early or something like we would have been like we've arrived we're done you know and now mm -hmm. we're like no we have to build our own brand and makes you hungry it, you, want, yeah. you want more yes it breeds complacency i think if we'd all got together too much yes yes as it is we still have some fucking people to say we i love how when we agree or disagree about things and the other shows do like jesus christ you was fucking repeating the same thing like, oh, I know. I, I'm sorry. I forgot to listen to 500 this week to find out what they thought so I could say the opposite. Mm, my yes. bad. <laughs> my bad about that. All right. Why don't you All right. We, we do have one last one again from Jamie M. 26. Later, he had a theory that 360 Vegas it's now. It's my favorite one, by the way. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Um, 360 Vegas now has themed slots with Break My Face, 
Bill Gamblin's Hall and help Brian move again bonus rounds. We ha I have to talk to Brilliant. WMS Gaming. We have to make this happen. Oh, that would be epic. <laughs> All right, so now the time is upon us. And unless you're a new listener or you've recently had a stroke, the big news is that Matt has returned to the show. Welcome Hooray. back, my friend. Thank you. It is very, very good to be back. Now explain it's... how dare you fucking laughed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we will give a quick synopsis of why absolutely, I did leave. Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of things. Um, myself and Mark included, we got heavily, heavily invested in this show, and I didn't know when to step away. I was doing, me and Mark and I were doing a lot of work for this, and it was just burning a lot of my time, and it's starting to affect my job, which I really couldn't allow. Secondly, I was hardly seeing Laura, my wife, and my baby because I was doing a lot of writing after work and I'd just lock myself in the study and bang out Annie Ups and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I can see where Laws wouldn't put up with that. And, she's, and her attitude, obviously, was you're writing with, for a show with a guy that I've never met. Like, she wasn't, she had nothing really. She's really got there. jealous, let's be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it was just a collection of a few things. And the main thing was it started affecting my job too much. I wasn't really focused at work. I was looking for opportunities to do show work over my job. And my job doesn't allow that. It's not really the kind of... I'm not even in front of a computer. So I was really doing some dodgy shit to get work done. <laughs> well, well and, and again, I mean, we understand this show doesn't pay the bills. At least no, now. Exactly. So well, we and, understand And that. you and I both went through this... Um, this arc that I've recently just come out of where, you know, you kind of invest so much in this. And it was a little different. You know, it, it's this whole thing happened pretty abruptly. And mm -hmm. and it's kind of like any time when you put a whole lot of passion into something, you get to a point where you just hit the wall and you're like, I don't want to do this at all. None. Mm -hmm. That's right. Which is why you left so abruptly. And I know, even though we clarified to people dozens of times that you and I still remain friends, yep. we talked relatively frequently, and, yes. and it's just because you left the show quickly didn't mean that we had a falling out. But it, it's one of those things that I think it was important, not only for you, but for me, because that entire time caused me to refocus and re-embrace the entire show as my own mm -hmm. and write for it and pour myself into it and hit that exact same wall where I'm like, this is my life. This is ridiculous. When you and I did started this together, we thought it to be a job. We thought it would yes. be a career that would evolve into it. When I felt that it was only a, a, or I think I kind of thought, it wasn't that I wanted to abandon that idea, it's that I thought it's not gonna happen. I don't see this happening the way that I would like it to happen, but that's okay no. because it's a creative outlet for me. And mm -hmm. somebody like you who, Jesus Christ, as expensive it is, is to come from fucking Australia to, 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 to Vegas, Vegas. and mm -hmm. then yes. be a part of 360 Vegas Vacation, which you and I both said, the most fun we've ever had in Las Vegas, period. 100%. To then go, that was awesome. See you in three years. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. It was that was actually another. That's a good point. I didn't bring that one up. That was probably the hardest thing. It sounds. It probably sounds really wussy, but to talk about something that you love ridiculously, and I'm referring to Mark here in Vegas. Right. Of course. Um, <laughs> I, I understand. Every I can single week, that. and write every single night, and look at Vegas information all the time. But you're not going to be able to go there for yeah, like I said. Probably two to three years at a time yeah, yeah. is fucking depressing. Yeah. yeah, it's like dangling that carrot in front of your nose and you just can't reach it, and it's it really feels weird. Yeah, and and let's be honest, me and you did have like a sort of a 
a bl not a blowout by any means, but we just had a, we had a difference of opinion of how things should go. But who am I to judge? This is your fucking show. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. But right. your, I mean, your opinion is important, and at least you, you know, felt comfortable enough to share it. Mark was like, yeah, I don't agree with you, and yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Right. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your opinion, and I would appreciate if you just shut up now. <laughs> Julie noted. Now shut the fuck right. up. <laughs> no, but seriously, it. it uh, you stepping away caused me to re-embrace it and just allow creativity to, to take hold. And the problem with that is it then began to dominate my entire life where I hit the wall. And this is news to our entire listeners. This show almost ended about two months ago. Yeah. Because I poured every single thing I had into it. I'm sitting in the lobby. Mark comes in. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, I'm done. I, I don't want to do, do it. I can't stand like, it. I don't care. I just don't care. And the thing is, is, I knew in my heart that I did. I just knew what I what it was that I did was I just, I, I put way too much effort and time out. into it. And I kind of dialed it back so it became more of a fun thing. You know, we're still doing the things we do. I'm still writing reviews. I'm still writing the show. Still researching. But now I don't have to. I don't. In my yes. head, for some reason, I felt I always had to. Now, when I have spare time, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to fuck my wife. I'm going to play a video game. I love how I'm <laughs> second on that list. Um. <laughs> I just the dark night rises gets above you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but as long as the night rises, that's all also, I need. I think <laughs> nice, nice. But nice. also, I think it was important for our friendship because it, on the flip side, Brian and I were friends before the show ever started. Right. Mm -hmm. You and I became friends because of this show, and then yes. once you stepped away, our friendship had to evolve into more of a true friendship. Correct. And now we've gotten to the place where it's like. You know what was really fun? Doing the show, man. Let's fucking do that again. Like, absolutely, let's do that again. Definitely. Hooray. Yay. See, this is my last week. I said I'm so happy. I'm just happy mm -hmm. Matt's back. It's pretty awesome. Which, speaking of Matt being back, yes. this is the part of the show this week where you're going to kick me out. That's right. Because mm -hmm. I, you only needed me here for the intro to kind of ease everybody in. Yeah. And now it's like, I Misdirect. want my, my dude time. That's right. Yeah. So. That's right. I need some attention down under. <laughs> oh, is that you what shall you, get it. Is that what you want me to go do receive. now? That's what you want me to do now. Okay, got it. So, Maddie, so glad you're back. Really missed you, man. Thank you. Have fun, boys. Will do. Thank you. And, sir, you'll be happy to know I am properly lubricated for this show and your return. And I am drinking coffee. Yay. <laughs> Morning goodness. Right. <laughs> All right. I don't know if that's the thing we've never probably talked about with the listeners either. When we record, there's a 13-hour time gap. That's right. That's right. So one of us is usually hammered. The other one is exhausted. <laughs> Guess which one I am. Right. <laughs> All right. So we had an epic, epic big announcement to share. We had an epic intro to share that announcement. But I think we got a show we should probably get to at some point. <laughs> We're like 20 minutes in and we haven't even fucking started. I know, right? <laughs> All right, start us off with Random Vegas, Mark. Let's go. Will do, sir. Caesars Entertainment has not posted a profit since 2009. They are also the only U.S. casino company without a presence in China. <laughs> we got they, that uh, at Hannah Dreer, who is also a member of the Associated Press gambling reporter. That's insane yeah. to think they've not, like, not a profit is a... Like, it's 2009, like, what are they doing? I don't understand how they're still alive. It I, makes no sense to me. I completely agree with you, especially when you look at, they just recently posted a $1.7 billion loss for the fourth quarter of 2013, and they blame Atlantic City. When a company wow. is $24 billion in debt, listen, I, I get that you get 
$20 billion in debt because you're like, listen, we expanded really fast. We had great opportunities. We didn't have the cash, but come on, you know this is going to work out in the end. But when you're reporting billion dollar losses, it's like, okay, mm. now it's not that you're just a company on the, on the expand, you know, expanding. You're mm -hmm. a shitty company is what it boils down to. That's it's, three those months. Figures, three yeah, those figures really scare me as well because I, I like, Caesar's got their faults, but I really love some of their properties. And I don't know if anyone has the cash to buy them out and try and save them. I can't see who would do it. Who would want to take on that debt and then put all the money they have to put in just to get it up to what people consider standard? Because a lot of people are getting annoyed with what they've done. Yeah. Or, or the lack of maintenance, that's an example. I, I would guess that the, the, the silver lining to this is that should they have to fold, this is where smaller market people can get in there and grab a couple properties mm -hmm. here, a couple properties there, bring a little more competition to the strip. I suppose they had to divide it up. It wouldn't stay as a whole company. So no, that, I can't yeah, imagine it makes anybody sense. moving into it. Okay, let's go into the Vegas Mate review of the week. This week's review is D. Clark's March 13th review of Treasure Island. Give it five out of five chips. D. Clark wrote, best hotel I've ever stayed at. I'm coming back in the summer and we'll stay there. I was set up where I could look outside and see the pirate show. I had a very great time. Uh, I'm not sure if this guy has a DeLorean or <laughs> how, uh, because there is no pirate show. There hasn't been one for quite some time now. Um, perhaps he was rocking some uh, Hunter S. Thompson acid. I don't know. but What was he looking at? I know. <laughs> like that, that Jack Sparrow impersonator on the street? <laughs> like it's a top quality show. I'm a huge fan of it. There will... may only be one guy, but he's very good. Right. <laughs> It's very, very convincing. It's very genuine. I will say, inside Treasure Island, when you get inside the property, it is a good... I know we rip on it all the time because of what Phil Ruffin's done, but inside that property, it's a quality layout casino. It's got, I still say, the best beds I've ever slept on in Las Vegas. It is still a good property. I'm just disappointed with the direction that it's in, but there is no pirate show. The casino floor itself, I quite like. Yes. I was, oh, yeah. It's a lot. I only went the last time for 360 Vegas vacation with yourself. We walked around, and I was very surprised. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. not what it should be, and I think they should have kept the theme. Maybe not as kid-friendly, but kept that theme and embrace it. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it, I was. I was very, very surprised how yeah. nice it looked. Yeah, it's a good. It's. A, I mean, it is a quality place. On I, the I hate the de-theming. I think yeah. it's ridiculous. On the, the, on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with okay. Let's move into the twit pick of the week. This week was another tough one. Lots of great picks to choose from, but the winner just couldn't be denied because it looks like a damn oil painting. Mm. This week's winner is at NJPhotog201 for taking a very common cosmopolitan photo from a balcony of the Fountains of Bellagio and North Midstrip and turned it into art. Now, I have no idea what filter is being used, but the colors on this thing are fantastic. Bright blues set against white, both in the fountains and the sky, lush greenery surrounding the fountain's attraction, and the Cromwell exterior colors are really popping as well. It's all capped off with the newest larger-than-life addition to the landscape, the high roller. You really get a sense with this picture how well the high roller fits in with the Vegas skyline, if only because it's, yet again, something that's only in Vegas. It, it, it takes exceptional skill to make this view look different from the hundreds that are posted every week from this same view. And well done. Thank you for sharing it, sir. You took the words right out of my mouth with saying the high roller looks like it fits there. It does. I, it looks like it's always been... I looked at the photo and it took me 
five seconds to realize, holy shit, that wasn't there the last time I've seen this shot. Yeah. I, it, I don't think, because people whinged about the high roller coming in. I like the idea, personally. I don't think it's going to draw people there for years to come. Right. But... I think it's a, it's almost like an obvious Vegas thing to me. It should have been, I'm surprised it wasn't done 10 years ago when London did the London Eye. Yes, yes. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. A beautiful picture. As always, we'll link to it on our blog, put it on our Flickr and Pinterest page, feature it on our Facebook and Google Plus page, Twitter header, as well as the enhanced version of the podcast, which you will be seeing right now. See how easy that is, Brian? See? I was thinking that. I was actually worried coming up to that sentence, and I thought, ah, that was pretty easy. It's not that Brian's bad. A Lazy yeah, Brian's a hack. <laughs> right. <laughs> With the opening part of the show done, let's get into some news. Our first piece of news this week, Jackie Gagan has died. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we did this one right off the jump because obviously it is big news, but this show is traditionally meant to be fun and you're back and we want to have lots of fun. So let's uh, let's pay tribute to a, a man and quickly move past it <laughs> so we can get back to, to laughing. The peanuts jokes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Former owner of the El Cortez and a penthouse resident at that property until the day he died, Jackie Gagan passed away this week at the age of 93 in his sleep. Wednesday from pneumonia and end-stage dementia. While he was best known for owning the El Cortez, at one point he owned pieces of eight different casinos, including the Flamingo, Golden Nugget, Gold Spike, Western, Las Vegas Club, and even renamed the Plaza, Jackie Gagan's Plaza, when he owned it. Steve Wynn will tell you that Jackie was a mentor when he bought into the Golden Nugget. Jackie's best known as just a good, hardworking guy who loved what he did and never forgot how fortunate he was and how important the customer was as well as his employees. Current owner, Kenny Epstein, became the majority shareholder in 2008, but credits Jackie for setting the family business tone he continues to operate the property under. Kenny's daughter and El Cortez Executive Vice President Alexandria considers Jackie something of a grandfather as her grandfather died before she was ever born. Part of the conditions of Jackie selling the El Cortez was that he was allowed to continue living in the penthouse and was allowed to basically have run of the place. Nice. Not only did Jackie love the property, but also his wife did, who passed away in 2006. She said she never wanted to live anywhere else. So neither did Jackie after she was gone. <laughs> in fact, his son Michael, who is the owner of South Point, offered to build his father a penthouse at the property and Jackie declined. Wow. It was reported that Jackie played poker at the property every day till he died. Aww. Jackie is one of, <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys that, this is one of the disappointing things about being somebody who, who loves Vegas history so much and has to fight and, do, and make such an effort to get information about somebody like Jackie, who's not shocking, he's not flashy, he's not mm -hmm. braggadocious, he's a guy that was awesome, He's just a great owner, a great guy, a great employer, just all around, deserves to have a vintage Vegas, and it's going to fucking take me years to get enough information to pull it off. If, if ever, like yeah. you said, anyone who's not in the Vegas limelight, like a Liberace character or an Elvis or yep. a yep. Steve Wynn, if they're not over the top, it's almost impossible to find anything. Yeah. I can't imagine you'll be able to write one of these. It'll be insane. Yeah, it's tough. It'll, it'll more than likely be, because there are people like Jackie and Del Webb 
and, and mm -hmm. there's a collection of people that I want to share on Vintage Vegas that it's so hard to pull enough information that maybe one day I'll just smash a bunch of them together. It's like literally a Vintage Vegas of people you should know. A prop bets Vintage Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, our next story up. There's been a credit card scam in Vegas. All right, back to Dick Chucks. Okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> cock, cock, cock. Right. <laughs> now, Vegas Shatter did a piece on a new slash old scam, or at least a revised version of an old scam, that you really need to be aware of before your next Vegas trip. Cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's old hat. Just got to keep it fresh. <laughs> before we even begin to share this story with you, always know that the hotel will never call you and ask you for personal information like a credit card. They're never going to do that. Know that. Hmm, that's interesting because uh, not that I would think they would, but that's a very simply clever scam. <laughs> yes, yes. So here's, here's how it works. What happens is you'll receive a phone call from someone claiming to be from guest services at the property that you're staying in, complete with all the background noise you would expect to hear from someone calling from the lobby. They will specifically ask for you by name. They will apologize for bothering you, but they need to inform you that the hotel systems have crashed and they need your credit card information again. To further convince you that this is real, a second person will get on the phone claiming to be the supervisor, confirming that this isn't a scam. Lastly, they will offer to hang up so you can call the front desk to confirm that this situation is real. And on top of all that, they want to offer you for, you know, your, for being bothered, 50% off the cost of your room for the entirety of your stay. Now, if you are still on the line, they will then ask for your credit card information, security code, and all. The most disturbing part about this is police have confirmed that this scam has been happening all over Vegas. And currently, they have no idea how these people are getting specific guest information and room numbers. That is probably the best scam I've ever heard. It's genius. I, how the fuck are they getting that info? I mean, someone has got to be slipping it to somebody. I was thinking that it's got to be an inside thing. Got to be an inside job. It's, I don't see another way, to be honest, because unless they're hacking, the only way I can see it, I know because the room numbers doesn't make I was thinking they would hack... Um, some sort of website where you book through a website and they must be, but they wouldn't know what room number you're staying in. Right, that right, yeah, because that, that only helps the booking, not exactly, the room number. Exactly, they wouldn't know, uh, yeah, because you don't get that assigned until you get there. No, that is, I've never heard such a clever and basic, however they're getting it is the hard bit, but once they've got it, that is so simple in its genius that it would get, I reckon that would get 50% of people they ring. Oh, oh I, 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 would I would probably give it to them if I was on the phone and they, if I had that whole rigmarole, I can't imagine I would think it's a scam. You said it exactly. That's the brilliance of this scam is that they make such an effort to to try and prove to you this is not a scam. So you'll believe it isn't a scam and then just give it to them. The only bit that sort of stood out to me, which is probably because I'm a cynic, is the fact that they would give you 50% off your room for a phone call. That would stick sound to me a little bit strange, but like, really? You've just rang me. It's not that big a deal. Well, that's a good point. That, All they're doing is that. That's the only thing that's, that's yeah. what stood out to me a little bit, but that's because I'm a cynical prick. Right. <laughs> but I still don't think I would... I don't think I would fall. I think I still would fall for it. I would just not expect the discount on my room when I check out. Yeah, yeah. So for the record, a hotel will never call you 
and ask for your credit card information. Anyone calls you and ask for credit card information, full of shit, don't fuck it. No matter what they say, they're full of shit. It'll never, ever happen for real. Wow, that's amazing. That's a very clever scam. Genius. And please don't fall for half those douchebags on the strip with clipboards asking for credit card information. <laughs> like, how they're, allowed, how they're allowed to do that, I mean, I suppose it's the freedom speech bullshit, but how they're allowed to stand there and do that is insane to me. Because yeah. half of those, no, well, not half, a great majority of those are scammers. So just don't do it. Book through a reputable booker, please. It is a dangerous city to go to for scams. It, it, it's, it's almost like the last the last vaudevillian place on yes. the planet where you go and beware because there is a significant I mean at this point I'm sure it's only like 15% you know it's not like it was in the old day where it's like 40% of the people are trying to fuck you over you know but it is still there there are people whose job they wake up they get ready for work they hit the strip their job is to rip you off it's yes. still there just be smart and the girls on the card don't look like that when they come to your room <laughs> trust me <laughs> I don't know how many times I've had to learn this lesson. <laughs> oh, God. How many times, like, a short little Mexican called Miguel has rocked up into my room has not been good. <laughs> With a but, limp. Uh, yeah. But he didn't get out of my room, that's for sure. Right, that's right. People got to learn. People got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next story up. There has been more monorail extension talk. Matt, I got to be honest with you. Talking to you has created some extensions. Quite. <laughs> and Mayor Goodman will approve of it. You know what's funny is that I knew the second you were going to get on the show, I'm like, it's this is going to be just a dick humor filled show. And I tried to figure out, I'm like, why is homoerotic humor so fucking funny to us? And I figured it out. I honestly think I figured it out. Because we're six years old, right? <laughs> mentally. But, well, there's that. There's that. But men as a, as, a, as a species tend to, with their friends, peer pressure them into pretty much every single thing that we do, pretty much. So I mm -hmm. think the funny aspect is the, the idea of a friend who is gay but doesn't want to admit that he's gay using the guise of, I'm just one of the guys, you know, it's like, listen, man, I, I, listen, I'm not saying, why, why do I have to be gay because I want to blow you, all right? Because you're, <laughs> listen, all I'm saying, you had a hard day, you know what, I, I, I would do that for you because I'm a friend. You're like, oh, dude, all right, just relax, man. <laughs> I didn't, and it's that concept, like, the idea that guys could get pressured into, like, listen, man, it wasn't gay, he was just being friendly. I'm, what a, well, fuck, he was gay, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's also because that we're the least probably homophobic people you'll ever meet. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> I just don't care what someone's sexual proclivities are. It doesn't phase me at all. Like, well, and it, it always amuses me. Like, you know, what, what if this guy, like, they started with the fucking NFL. They're like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. some of these players are like, you know, what if I'm like naked, you know, and this guy's right next to me and he looks at me and, and you know, and he thinks I'm, I'm attractive. Like, it's no different than if a girl that you don't think is attractive looks at you yes. and thinks you're attractive. It's no different at all. It's still a compliment. They think you're attractive. I, I, it's something that's it's a, it's a very weird side topic to Vegas, what we're talking about, but <laughs> it is just the most retarded yeah. mentality I've ever heard. It's, like, yeah. how gay marriage keeps getting knocked back is beyond me. Like, it's, just yeah. go, fucking get over yourself. It really is. It's mind-blowing, but <laughs> let's get back to let's get back, back to, to Vegas. So we were talking about the monorail. <laughs> Clearly influenced by this show right here, the 360 Vegas podcast, mm -hmm. Merrick Goodman has announced that she is behind a monorail extension, not only to McCarran, but also to Fremont Street. As Mark declared many moons ago. That is right. See? We got clout. Yes. <laughs> we got machismo. <laughs> we got some say in this town. That's right. <laughs> 
Now, while it is important for the project to have public support, the biggest obstacle is funding since the Las Vegas Monorail is a private company, not a public one. And it will be tough to sell as those who invested in the monorail the first time around lost a lot of money when they filed bankruptcy. The truth is, for all Mayor Oscar Goodman's support for downtown renovation, none of this shit happened until Tony Shea and his money stepped up and decided he wanted to do something about it. The same holds true here. The monorail needs cash, not support to expand. So don't hold your breath, unless Tony Shea thinks it's a cool idea. <laughs> I mean, originally, I never, when I first went to Vegas, I didn't even know the monorail was there. It's that far back, which we've said a million times. Yep, yep. But I don't know if anyone wants to go on the monorail one year on the strip. Isn't the whole part of Vegas, in my mind, the fact that you can walk everywhere and you can pass all these amazing properties and just wander in if and when you need to. But going down to Fremont, because that's just nothing in between the strip and Fremont, that is, that's obviously what it should have been done from the very beginning. If they'd done that from the beginning, it probably wouldn't have went bankrupt originally, in my opinion. I totally agree with you for this reason. For one, absolutely right. That's the great thing about Vegas and the perspective that you have is that you can be down at MGM and look at the wind, be like, hey, let's walk to the wind. And then in an hour later, be like, oh, we're not even halfway there. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's true. So you have that. So the monorail in its current incarnation is only good for people like you and I who, who are familiar with the strip and say we find ourselves down by the fucking Harrah's and we're like, fuck, let's get head down to MGM. It's like, shit, I don't want to walk all that way. But like, let's, we'll just hop on the monorail. Just hop on the fucking monorail. That's all it's good for. You know, if you wanted to get North Strip, obviously, that's a good one because it's a, it's a big jump between those two. But you're 100% right. The one thing I will say this thing is going to have an advantage of now is now that Link is created, the monorail runs right in front of High Roller. So everyone who's walking there now mm -hmm. sees the monorail. It's right in their face. But still, if it doesn't take you to any place significant, and SLS is not fucking significant, I don't care what they do to that property, even if it's Cosmopolitan 2.0, the problem is there's a Cosmopolitan 1.0, and it's way fucking closer. If you can't take me to some place significant like McCarran, like Fremont Street, I just don't see value in you. I was just going to say that. Why did it never go to the airport originally? I think they thought, actually, I, I don't think they thought this. I know they thought this. When they built it, they believed that it would become a, it would become subsidized by all the properties. That what it would be yeah. is when you come to MGM or any of these properties that have actual stations, that it would be something that they would comp you or that they would sell as part of the room tickets or uh, you know, yes. whatever it is. They thought that these that they would cut deals with all these properties and then they would end up you know giving them the cash. And the problem was is they were all like, eh, we don't really care about you. You're not really important. Mm -hmm. And their entire concept crumbled right in front of their eyes and they died it's it is a shame because the principle it's not a bad idea but it's just been it's just not been executed the best it could have been yeah they need a shit ton of money to, listen here's how this thing makes money and the problem is is it's a shit ton of fucking money here's how it mm -hmm. ultimately makes money and is soluble it goes all the way down to mandalay bay all the way up the, the other side of the strip goes to mccarran goes to fremont boom you have a mass mm -hmm. transit system that takes you any place that you want to go in Las Vegas. Boom. Yes. That's, That's how it, it makes it's money. It, you either do it the whole way or not at all, I think. Exactly. I mean, now I would say if you're going to make another step, it's either to Fremont Street or it's to McCarran. Any other way, huge waste of time, and you're almost 100% 
killing this thing if you don't yes. put it in some place that makes any fucking sense, and that's mm. either Fremont or the fucking McCarran Airport. So I would say free, I'd say Fremont is more important. I, I think I would agree with you. I would agree and with then you totally. McCarran second, yep. definitely. Yep. Okay, our next piece of news: Douchedom expands in Vegas. Uh, now, after sending out a survey to gauge the public's thoughts on potential names for Guy Fierro's new restaurant at the Quad, it was announced this week that he went with a name that no doubt accurately describes how unique and talented he is. The name? Guy Fierro's Vegas Kitchen and Bar. Zippy. <laughs> it will be open for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and late night. It has two levels, an outdoor patio, and a dining room that seats 185. The motif will be a personal douchatorium <laughs> documenting his rise to ass hattery, including memorabilia from his days at UNLV, where, no doubt, the seeds of his idiocy were planted, as well as his tattoos, yes. <laughs> the bar will use his tattoos as part of the design. What? <laughs> it's gonna look like Ed Hardy threw up on the place, is what it's gonna look like. Yeah, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth and that's insane. <laughs> I was literally gonna say that exact thing. <laughs> you'll be, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> <laughs> It's a stretch to say that you'll enjoy anything here, so you'll be able to drink 16 personally chosen craft beers, as well as four wines on draft. Now, Matt, I'm not a wine drinker. You are. Is wine mm -hmm. better via the tap, like beer is? I, ha I have never heard of that before. In fact, to be honest with you, I don't know what that is. I had a gut feeling that this was an invention of this. And the only thing I can think it means is it's coming straight from the barrel. So it's not been bottled first, which well, I, I didn't know that, was a technique, but that must see, be what it is. If that's it, that could be that could be cool. I just thought he had a giant box of wine that he was putting on tap. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's what it is. <laughs> now, you get the bag and you have to pour it in your mouth. I hold the bag above your head. <laughs> do you guys do that over there? That's what we do here. Is that a thing over there? What with wine? We take the we take the bag out of the box. Like this is what like little slappers do at birthday parties, like when we were like eighteen. <laughs> They take the bag out of the box. Somehow that's easy to carry. I don't know why. And then they, we sometimes we attach it to a washing line. Like you know, do you guys know what a hills hoist washing line is? Are they the ones that spin around? Yeah, yeah I am, I'm familiar vaguely. But so we attach it with pegs to the washing line. Yes. We spin the washing line, and the game is you've got to try and drink the wine while it's pouring on you. <laughs> God damn! I am so glad you're back. <laughs> got some weird traditions over here. We call those bags, because th that wine is called Goon over here. Any wine that's in a box called Goon, I don't know why, that's a nickname for it. So we call those Goon bags. And yeah, and you see girls like hold the bag above their head, press a little lever, and just squeeze wine into their mouth while they're at a party. They don't put it in the glass, they drink it straight from the bag. So it's basically the Australian equivalent of a tramp stamp. I mean, you see a yes. chick with that, you you totally oh, you know. have the opportunity to nail her. <laughs> now, you can make a beeline for that one. That's right. That's right. I mean, this is wiffle ball right here. <laughs> she is open for business, that's that bitch. Right. That is right. <laughs> but continue with the story anyway. Yes. I will say, of all the things I hate about this fucking idiot, there is something interesting here. There's some new technology that they're going to use to dispense shots. It's a frozen tap system that will be used to dispense eight different types of shots. The reasoning is it prevents them from being diluted when strained or mixed with ice. Hmm. Right? It sounds like it's almost like, um, what, what, what do they call that shit where they, they fucking poured liquid? Antifreeze. No, <laughs> not how you get unwilling club girls to have sex with you, Matt. That's not what oh. I was going. We're not, we're not going that way? Okay. No, but it, I mean, that is accurate. Just FYI for all our listeners, that is, oh, that's money. 
money. Does, does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> now, either shitty writing or a sample of the quality naming and thought that went into the menu creation. Expect items like Guy's Vegas Fries, a.k.a. Fries tossed in buffalo sauce, and Guy's Fireball Wings, which are lollipop buffalo wings with, quote, a blast of fireball whiskey. I I'd, never would have guessed. I'd, I'd, I'd like to... <laughs> he paints a picture with his tongue. <laughs> I, I would love to blast this plunker right in the face. <laughs> I would rather have my cock removed and sold as a delicacy in Uganda than fucking dye my hair, which, I mean, you know, back when I had hair, but, you know, dye my hair and, and the middle of my goatee blonde so the way I look stands out and distracts from my inability to actually be, you know, a quality cook or whatever the fuck this, without all this bullshit you can't, it just drives me nuts. It's the reason why I don't like Gordon Ramsay. There's a blonde chick that's got a giant fucking white fro hair, goofy, whatever. Any of these things where you use these gimmicks to be like, hey, look at me, I cook, mm -hmm. but I'm wacky looking, like going, fuck you. If you, yes. if you had any actual talent, you wouldn't need to do this bullshit, so eat a bag of dicks. Exactly. I just, I, I, I hate this. Is guy. that an also, is that also a menu item, a bag of dicks? <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> little, little Frankfurt, little sausages, a bag of dicks. <laughs> be awesome. I'd fucking order that every time. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> I'll bet you if you suggest it, he'll take it. <laughs> they will. Uh, guys, bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Brilliant. Our next story up: Planet Hollywood's future entertainment plans. Biggest Shatter is reporting that Access Theater, a.k.a. the one Britney Spears performs in, has landed some rather large names to play at the venue. While only one has been officially confirmed, the source that tipped them to tool performing in the venue, which has now come to fruition, also shared that the following acts have committed to performances. New Kids on the Block, Nine Inch Nails, Jeff Foxworthy, and Larry the Cable Guy are all believed to have plans to perform in the venue. Now, New Jeff Kids Foxworthy is still relevant, really? He I, still does things? <laughs> you know what? So, that guy, I swear, reinvents himself so many times because okay. he did his original thing, and then he disappeared because the world hated him for almost a good decade, and then came back with his blue-collar comedy tour. It was a huge hit for, like, okay. four years. That, then dropped off the face of the planet again for about another five, six years, and now he seems like he's on his way back. So good yeah. for him, man, especially when you're such a like a niche guy, like his, you know, you know you're a redneck. Yes. Like, that's the kind of thing that you you only have a finite amount of time. And the yeah. fact that he keeps reinventing himself, to me, I respect him. You know, when he, yeah. when he originally did it, you're like, you had a really funny thing that was kind of interesting, but that's all you had. The fact that you can reinvent yourself for now the third time, all right, clearly mm -hmm. you're, you're, a, you're a quality entertainer here. Well done, sir. Oh, good to know. Now on back, Jeffy. Right. <laughs> on your Foxy. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, New Kids on the Block are believed to have an individual mini-residency coming up. Jeff Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy are said to be sharing the same bill. And the first officially announced act is Backstreet Boys with Avril Lavigne. And they are going to be performing Friday and Saturday, May 30th through 31st. Their show is going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets are going to start at $55. It's so weird. I, I, I'm losing interest the more I see previews of Britney Spears performing to actually mm -hmm. see her here. However, I, my interest in seeing someone perform in this theater continues to grow. 
I have to call myself out. Why the fuck did I question Jeff Foxworthy when New Kids on the Block are the first one you said? <laughs> They've not been relevant for 25 years. Yes, but... I know they did that Reunited tour recently, but still, come on. Uh, Jesus but, Christ. But at this, I would almost give Backstreet Boys more of a, of a nod than that because New Kids on the Block went away for such a long time and then came back, and they've kind of been huge since then. Backstreet oh, Boys yeah. have only been, like, irrelevant for... Like recent, like to make this kind of a quick comeback, you're like, whoa, well yeah, done, gentlemen, true. well done. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> all, all of all of them kind of straddle, going, mm, you're popular now. I would save that money. Yeah, except definitely. Nine Inch Nails, of course. Nine Inch Nails, they're not going anywhere. Larry the Cable no. Guy, I will never figure out how this guy makes money, how he's still popular. I don't get it. I've I've never seen him. I know the name. I don't even know what he is. I just hear the name thrown out, but I was like, he can't be that popular if I, I never have seen his work. I just don't. So how does he? Yeah, how does he make money? I don't no get idea. it. I mean, he plays Mater in fucking uh, Cars, but beyond that, I don't know of any. Like, get her done. I want to smash him in the face every fucking time I hear it. I, I've not even heard it. I don't know what that is. It's his, <laughs> it's his stupid catchphrase. First of all, he's got a catchphrase. He's got a goddamn oh, catchphrase. God. Anyone who relies on a catchphrase is nothing to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, you're the lucky one. Cock. <laughs> right? Cock, cock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next story up. We have a Slotzilla update for you. Bueno Vegas did a piece on some new news regarding Slotzilla, kind of. I mean, it's affiliated with it. Mm -hmm. When it will open is still unknown, but their specialty drink vessel has now been unveiled. It looks like a mini Slotzilla within a larger Slotzilla. It, of course. A Slotzilla babushka. Right. <laughs> it, of course, represents the attraction, and it is multi-versatile. It has two parts to it, according to the story. The lower part is where your frozen beverage will reside, with the top part housing various random trinkets like T-shirts or Mardi Gras beads. Also, mm. once you are finished imbibing deliciousness from it, you can take it home and use it as a coin bank because the top of the drink has a slit for such functionality. Now, no such functionality, depending on what your activities are. <laughs> Huge fan of slit functionality. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. But <laughs> My favorite character in Toy Story is Slotted Pig, for, for any reference. <laughs> now, he turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> the gash in pork. That's all you need. That's, that's all I need. <laughs> now, there's no word on how much it will cost, similar to the attraction or when it will be available, but when we know, you'll know. Have you got interest in doing Slotzilla when it comes out? All right, so here's the interesting thing about that. Um, I've made... I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you declare such things. <laughs> the audaciousness of me. You've been, you've been gone for a year and listen to me, listen to me. Listen to my interesting story. Right. Like, oh, let me decide first. <laughs> I tell you. I tell you what's interesting. <laughs> if I laugh, it's interesting. <laughs> right? So, the thing about ziplining in general, Karen and I, when we were we were in Aruba or we were, I don't know, we were some fucking tropical island place, tried parasailing. And I thought it would be a fucking awesome thing. I've declared before that I love bungee jumping, think it's awesome. If I get the opportunity to skydive, I'll do it in a heartbeat. We yep. did the the zipline fall or whatever the fuck it is at uh, at Stratosphere, and I thought it was boring because you don't get to feel free fall. Well, yes. when I jumped on this this parasailing thing, we literally get to the height of it, and it just bored the shit out of me. I was like, so that this is it? Can, I mean, can I jump yeah. off this into the water, or can we do, I mean, is there anything fun? Can you, like, 
wade the boat real quick so we get whipped back and forth or something? Is there anything fun about this or is this just the most boring thing I've ever thought of? Yes. My concern is I'm not gonna like it, but the great thing about this is I've never ziplined before, so the first time I'll try it will be the best way I can think about it, which will be this Superman-type experience yes. where you're gonna fly into the Fremont Street experience and zip above it, on top of it, or... Because it goes above, then cuts through the canopy, is that right? That's right, it starts out beyond it, and then you cut in and immediately dive, and then you just hover, you know, just underneath it for, for, the, for the length of the attraction. So I think... If I'm going to like it, it's going to be that. And if I don't like it as it starts, the consolation prize to me is I'm like, listen, I'm on Fremont Street and I'm doing this. So if yeah. if this isn't fun, I know to never do it again because this is possibly the best opportunity for me to enjoy this. I think the only way I would do this if I didn't have to line up. Like if there was no one there and I could just walk straight up and do it, I would do it because oh, why the fuck not? That is a great But if I have to line up for anything more than... Oh, 15, 20 minutes? I wouldn't be bothered. That's just, a ah, no, great fucking it. point. I never thought about this. I, odds are I won't try this thing for like four or five years. And it's got to die yeah. down. Because it's you're why I'm not a fan of, to be honest, I know you are a huge fan. And you're probably going to mushroom stamp the piss out of me for saying this. But I'm not a fan of Disneyland and all that. Because you have to, the, the payoff to me is, the risk and reward is not worth it. You line up for an hour to have like 26 seconds of fun. And I just can't do it. I have to have... Uh, yeah, I just, I, I'm too impatient. My ADD kicks in. I just See, can't stand me, in the line. there's two different mindsets when it comes to that. When I go to Disney, I'm not getting, like, like it isn't, I'm gambling, I'm getting hammered, I'm doing all this shit. When I go to Disney, it's like, I'm here to ride the rides. I wait, I ride the rides, I enjoy the ambiance, I do all that. When I'm in Vegas, I'm here to get drunk and let that last as long as absolutely possible while I gamble and do all <laughs> these other things that are fun. So there is no patience when alcohol is involved. It just doesn't no. exist. So I totally agree with you in that aspect. When booze is involved, yes. patience is gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, our next story up. There's been an undercover drug and sex bust at Mandalay Bay. Yay! I love when details of shit like this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mandalay Bay has agreed to pay a half a million dollar fine to settle accusations that hosts at the House of Blues provided prostitutes and drugs to undercover cops on multiple occasions. How often does shit like this happen? That they get so easily supplied with shit like this to undercover cops. I love it so much. Especially, isn't it just the simple fact of, I'm not, uh, American law I don't quite understand. Don't you have to just say, are you a cop? And if they are, they have to say yes. Is that right? You know what? I know many movies and TV shows tell you that. and That I, can't be right. <laughs> I, I know, right? I, like, I have to, I, I, I will say that that is my understanding as well. But, um... Because wouldn't you just ask every potential customer <laughs> when you're about right. to do a deal, are you a cop? Like, I just, that can't be it. But that's how it's shown in every movie I've ever seen. Well, think about how easy and funny that would be. Like, like if anything, you would think that that's actually, like, you're kind of pimp. If you're going like, man, I'm looking for some for some coke over here. Like, all right, man, you know, you know, it's got to work. Are you a cop? You're like, no, I'm not a cop. Like, all right, man, I'll get you some coke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I thought of some law that's part of it. But, yeah, I don't know. It just seems, it can't be. It's going to yeah. be retarded. It's so funny because it's like, it's not even like <laughs> it's not like they were busted for attempting to help them to get oh. drugs or whores. I mean, it sounds like the cops are like, "Hey, can we get some?" Absolutely, we got you. Whatever you need, <laughs> we'll get it for you. <laughs> How much coke do you want? Right. It's like I need four whores that I can not only have sex with but beat until they are just to the brink of death. Like, got it already in the back, ready for you. We're, we're all I over this. Blow the coke up her ass. Right. Do you want blood? <laughs> Blondes, brunettes, what do you want, sir? We have them all willing and ready to be choked until they are... Oh, you're going to love it. 
big fan. Has this a side note? Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? No, I'm dying to see it. I can't wait to see it. It's made me want to try Coke. <laughs> you, listen, you and I... It makes Coke look awesome. <laughs> you and I have had this conversation. The reason I, I've never tried cocaine is for the fear that I will absolutely adore it. I'm exactly the same. Oh, it, It's the only reason I've not done it. it I've, I've actually never tried any synthetic drug ever. I've never tried anything. I've had weed when I was younger, and yeah, quite yeah. a lot when I was younger. <laughs> I've not touched any anything other than that, but Coke does like pique my interest. It scares the shit out of me because I'm like, I'll bet you this is the greatest thing ever. Oh my God. It'd be so and you've been with me in Vegas. You see how much I get offered Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I, I mentioned it to you and you were like, really? And then the first day we hit the strip, I got offered Coke in like six minutes. It's like, shocking. This doesn't happen. It is, he's not exaggerating in any way, shape or form. Literally, if you need Coke when you're in Vegas, team up with Matt because I promise you he will be off. All you need to do is walk up and down the strip. Boom, he'll get offered it. It's, it's I've got a, ridiculous. I'm, I'm not sure if I told you. I was the my friend does do coke, and when yeah. we were in Vegas, a couple of times I was his coke magnet. So we'd go out onto the strip, we'd head in front of the Bellagio. I said, "Come with me, I know where to get it." We popped <laughs> in front of the Bellagio fountains, and we were walking north on the fountains, and I saw this guy, and he would have been oh, 200 feet away through the crowd. He was seven foot. <laughs> he was huge. <laughs> Massive black jacket, and I was like, that's your man. And I just walked up to him and just put my thumb and th forefinger to my nose and sort of sniffed, and he just grabbed me, like, took me by the arm, took me to the side of the fountains and started dealing with me. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not your guy. Speak to my friend here, and I just walked off. But he's like, how the fuck did you know he was a Coke dealer? And I can just pick them, but they seem to pick me. They gravitate towards me every you're, time. You're a Coke Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I'm, like, six foot three, and I look like Eurotrash. I think that's what it is. Like, I look like I'm going to hit the discotheque. Like, I just got that look about me. Like, like, like you get the impression, like, if you couldn't speak English, all you'd have to do is go up to him and go, Coke. Because that's what I look like. I'm wearing a medium shirt, like, slimmer than average jeans. Which is hot as hell. I've got blonde hair. Like, I've got that Eurotrash look. I'll take it. You embrace it. You embrace it. You're not ashamed. Now, back, back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> in June of 2012, undercover officers were supplied with four prostitutes and cocaine by a host at the foundation room. In July, they were given a private room for sex, and in August, helped a cop get ecstasy. Mandalay Bay has said the employees involved have been terminated, and training has been increased to prevent future misconduct. <laughs> Like, is that training to help them not get caught right. <laughs> or training like, to ensure they don't do it again? Like here's here's the here's the scenario that comes in my head like so so wait a minute so I shouldn't hook people up with cocaine like oh, wait a minute whoa, 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 hold on hold on where are people are supposed in? to have sex if I don't get them a room to have sex so they're just supposed to have sex anywhere that's just silly. <laughs> I don't understand. This This doesn't make any sense to me. This company is shit, all right? <laughs> I don't think I should work here. This isn't the company for me. I don't understand the ideals of this place. I challenge you. <laughs> I don't think they should be having sex on the tables in the House of Blues. That doesn't seem right. No, it does seem inappropriate. <laughs> but that's just me. That's just me. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I prefer someone to bend over, not on the table. That's unclassy. Yeah, come on, have some, have some grace. <laughs> now, the fine settlement deal still needs to be approved from the Nevada Gaming Commission. But, you know, you're giving out a half a million dollars. <laughs> you know you've done wrong. <laughs> and our final story for this week, Paul Blatt. What? Oh, enjoy it, please. Oh, and you're saying it right, too. Just enjoy oh. how bad it is. Go. 
Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 has been greenlit. Mm, just savour it. Savour it. Oh, I know what this is now. Sorry. I took a minute to even catch on what that was because it was so irrelevant in my mm, life. Mm. I didn't know what we were talking about. It's oh, delicious. my God. Really? Oh, just so... That's terrible. Now, the movie got the $4.3 million tax break from the state of Nevada it asked for, so it will be filmed in Las Vegas. Now, to be fair, this is just the first movie to take advantage of Nevada's new film tax credit. In an attempt to lure filmmakers to Nevada, the state has set aside $20 million a year in tax credits. Now, Paul Blart will begin filming at the Wynn April through June. During that time, the movie will employ 3,400 people and 67% of the film's $41.7 million budget will be spent in Nevada. Let's be honest, this is rather brilliant, at least from Nevada's <laughs> point of view. While this movie is gonna be a fucking disaster, Yes. People like you and I, who would never even attempt or, or look at something like this, are like, oh, it's in Vegas? It's in Vegas? Mm -hmm. It'll be hard not to look at it. If I can get it on Netflix or something, I will probably watch it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's relatively genius that they know this. Yes. Yeah. But still, I, that movie, actually, I did hear some sort of brief synopsis about this plot, and apparently his daughter gets kidnapped by terrorists yeah, or something. Yeah, you, you heard it on this and, show. I heard that here today? Okay. No, oh, no, you heard, heard it on this show, not today. Oh. Uh, Yes, for the show that I'm now back on and proud to be a member of. <laughs> <laughs> and I obviously listen so intently. <laughs> you know what, see, I, but you've done this forever. It, it's one of those things, it's like you listen to the, it, and, and I, don't, I don't even blame anybody that ever does it because it happens to me all the time. There's been times where I've told Karen, I'm like, you know what I heard the other day? This happened. She goes, yeah, idiot, yes. I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I blame you not, sir. If anything, it's flattering to me. I'm like, yeah, I told you that. I'm pretty proud that I told you that. It just it sets in my psyche, and I feel like I learned it from someone wise, but I don't know where it came from. I am wise. I am you wise, are, man. Thank wise you so much. It's actually so flattering. Yeah, look at him. You're like a little bald Yoda. Look at this guy. He's fucking a, a, a bolder Yoda. Suck cock, I will. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt's penis, I do. Hooray. Mm. <laughs> I just mixed in your two favorite things, Star Wars and my cock. Oh, <laughs> True words have never been spoken before, folks. <laughs> okay, this new segment has took us like 50 minutes, so that's let's Come do on, some prop big, bets. This is, this is, we're celebrating. This is the rekindling of, of, of a brotherhood. It is good to be back. It feels, oh, it feels really so fucking exciting. Okay, that's the news. We do have some prop bits for you, however. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bits is just an extension of the news where we share with you some bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, a King's Ransom, the free attraction at Binion's, will be closing at the end of March. It's kind of a bummer. I'm an I'm a Elvis fan. I would have liked to have seen something for free when it comes to Elvis. Tom Colicchio's Witchcraft Restaurant has now closed at MGM. No word if it will relocate or what will spring up in its place at the property. Apparently, the high roller is not officially opened. They've simply started turning the lights on at night. Ooh, rumors are plans for Britney Spears and her kids to take the first ride once it does officially open. You know what's so interesting about Vegas? Remember when Holly Madison was there? It's like everything had to start with Holly Madison. That's how it started. Yes. And the same thing, they're like, ooh, Britney Spears and her kids. But going, what? who gives a fuck? Why is she on? Get off. <laughs> Taylor Hicks is ending his run at Paris's Neapol. Or Napoleon's. Is that Napoleon's? Yes, yeah, Napoleon's. Napoleon's. Napoleon. Yes. <laughs> Napoleon's lost man. Ne Neapolitan. That's a famous French person, right? <laughs> I don't like the French. <laughs> Except the ones that listen to this show. <laughs> right. But Neapol uh, Neapolitan. God damn it, I did it again. <laughs> Napoleon's Lounge. 
April 8th. That's when it's going to end. <laughs> There's no word if he will return to Bally's Indigo Lounge as originally planned. And finally, Palms added a burger bike pledge to their dining options this week. Backroom Burger is located poolside in the back of the short-lived sports bar with a feminine touch. Huh? That's what they used to. What it used to be. It was a sports bar with a feminine touch. It's named Herrera. Herrera. Oh, that's what I was stuck on. I didn't even know how to pronounce that. Herrera. Okay. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't last, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they are open now and expect all the options you are used used to receiving at other burger places in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny because that's what I've affectionately referred to your backside is as the backside burger. Or back room burger. Back room burger. Damn it, I fucked it up. I know you did. Oh, I need to shave it too because the what moment it's a hairy fur burger. Oh, what about... <laughs> Come on, everyone knows you're hairless. Yeah, I know. I'm like a baby seal. That's right. <laughs> All right, that concludes news and prop bets. Let's get into playing Vegas. Vegas, the portion of the show where we share with you touring acts and artists performing next week in Vegas. Monday, Monday, Monday. Friday through Sunday, Tom Green is at Vinyl at Hard Rock. Show starts at 7.30pm. Tickets start at 39 bucks. Friday, Lady Antebellum is at Mandalay Bay. Show's going to start at 8pm. Tickets start at $28. And Joe Coy is at Treasure Island. That show's going to start at 9pm. Tickets start at $50. I love Joe Coy. He's oh, fucking funny. He is funny, man. Yeah, he's he's quick as fuck. He's so zippy. I he's one of the best improv comedians like on the on the fly I've ever seen. Well, it's funny. I mean, that's what we. I mean, obviously we're not professionals in any of <laughs> that's this what shit. we pride ourselves. In. But that's that's <laughs> what I mean. That's what we aspire to. It's the quick yes. wit that we. You know, I mean, and obviously we don't succeed at that almost on a weekly basis. But every once in a while, like within the show, there's like two or three. You're like, oh, that was great timing. Uh, well, do so. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's the highest it. level of comedy in my opinion. Totally agree with you. Of course you do. It's me. <laughs> I am, I, it is written, so it shall be done. Done. Friday and Saturday, David Spade is at the Venetian. Show starts at 10 p.m. and tickets start at 74 bucks. And Daniel Tosh is at the Mirage. Show starts at 10 p.m. and tickets start at $97. And Saturday and Sunday, Bill Maher is at the Pearl at Palms. That show is going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $62. That concludes playing Vegas. We're going to forgo Vegas deals this week and move straight into coming attractions. Coming attractions, the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that we're performing in Vegas in the future. This segment is brought to you in part by ticket.accessvegas.com. If you're going to concert or event in Las Vegas or anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at ticket.accessvegas.com. Tickets, plural. T tickets, T-I-C-K-E-T-S. <laughs> you never, just don't put the S in and see where you go. <laughs> An experiment. <laughs> yeah, be a Chances are it's a porn side. <laughs> <laughs> First up, we have for you Boston and Cheap Trick are playing at the Joint at Hard Rock, Saturday, July 26th. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at $50. The Cult, not our Cult, but the Cult, is performing at the Joint at Hard Rock, Saturday, April 19th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $40. And Cheech and Chong. 
Cheech and Chong at war. No, no, no. It's no. Cheech oh, and Chong. And, and then there is a group of uh, that that performs music by the name of War. So it's. Cheech. I read that it's Cheech and Chong at war. <laughs> <laughs> so it, and, and there's no good way to write it. So it's basically Cheech and Chong and War. <laughs> Well, all of those guys are at the Hard Rock Friday, May 16th. Show starts at 6 p.m. and tickets start at $40. I'm not rereading it. I'm no. not. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's their own fault. I read... That's right. You read it enough. You made the effort. Well, no one's going to go anyway. <laughs> Anybody who's going to go see this isn't going to remember we said this anyway, so who cares? Oh. It'll be so in a cloud of bong smoke, That's they're never going right. to remember this shit. Tracy Morgan's going to be at Treasure Island Friday, April 25th. Show starts at uh, some time I forgot to write down, and those tickets are going to cost you $55. I'm going to guess 8 or 9. 8 or 9 o'clock, you'll be fine. Did you start that then with a tempted Tracy Morgan impression? You did, didn't you? <laughs> Actually, I didn't. No, no, it was... Oh, it sounded like you went a bit husky, like, I don't know, man, that weird voice. Well, I can't even do Tracy Morgan. Wow, I used to I be able to years ago, but I sort of... Not heard him for so long. I don't. I don't think about it. I was just kind of like we rambled on forever. I'm just going to move into this, but maybe I was inspired by the spirit of Tracy Morgan for that. I think so. mm. <laughs> have my spirit in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love enjoying your spirits. <laughs> Many a man have, but you you savored the most. That's right. That's right. You're I've gotten the best. You swirl and spit. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you're a gentleman, then you enjoy them. You imbibe them. Exactly. Chris Tucker is performing at the Pearl at Palms Saturday, May 24th. Good transition. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at 60 bucks. Chris Tucker knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Look at him. Right. Summerland Tour featuring Everclear, Soul Asylum, Eve Six, and Space Hog are performing at the Fremont Street Experience Friday, July 18th. No details on when the show will start or how much tickets will cost if the show isn't free. Big Blue's Bender Festival will be at the Riviera September 25th to 29th. It's been described as the electric daisy carnival of blues and rock music. Some of the names that will be performing at the event will be B.B. King, George Thorogood, and The Destroyer, and a collection of acts I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Those two, and that's the only people you're going to know. Right. I've heard of these. Uh, I assume the rest of you know these. B.B. <laughs> King must be fucking old now. Uh... He looks like he's got to be getting on a bit. Well, it's always hard to read fat guys, right? Because, it, well, that's funny. <laughs> because you know, like it, like relatively thin guys, you can see because their bodies start to you know wither away and they start to look fragile. Whereas big heavy guys, you're like, I, he looks a little healthy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, ooh, but his heart is working at eight times the, the you know the capacity of a normal human. But like it's probably not going to work out well for him. <laughs> Very true. Live music will be in the newly reopened Versailles Theatre and pretty much anywhere there is a stage at the property. <laughs> Individual tickets are only available to Las Vegas locals, but plans are to expand that to the general public. Riviera Report packages are available ranging from $600 to $1,100. You know what is cool? Look at this. Riviera busting their ass. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a music festival here. Blake. Check it out. Way to go, Riviera. Not, not tossing in the towel. But that's still, why did they go for that? I mean, I assume it's not their plan, but that price that price point, the Riviera customers, is not even close. Well, let, well, let's think about this. The 25th, so you're 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th. So five days, $600. So you're looking at like 120 bucks. Mm. Say it that way, it's actually pretty. Yeah, average. now that I think about it. It's the $600 outlay initially. Yeah. If, you're just doing, if you could do one day, fine, but 600 bucks is a yeah. lot. Yeah, I'm just not good with math. And now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. But to see a fat guy like sit on a stool and strum a guitar, really? Like, 
Because they don't, they don't perform. No, like, I, I don't mind blues music, but they don't fucking no, perform. No, you're absolutely right. But the one thing I'll bet you they're banking on is the idea that people love that fucking music. And, and the mm. idea of, like, that's a destination thing. Like, there's, th there's things that come to Vegas that you're like, I'm not going to Riviera to fucking see Tom Green perform at Riviera. But it's like no. blues music. We're like, dude, it's going to be a fucking week of blues music. It's fucking amazing. We're crashing at the Riviera. I think it's Good a cool point. move on there. Good for them. And lastly, Cash and the King, a Johnny Cash and Elvis Presley tribute act, are at the House of Blues Friday, April 18th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $13. Don't forget you can find links to purchase tickets to all these artists we report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. Okay, let's check the river. This is officially what you're back for, my friend. You are now re reclaiming the throne that you originally erected on mm -hmm. all of us. You erected and smacked us with it all. Yeah, don't, don't worry, listeners. I'm only back for this week's episode. After that, I'll just be relegated to once a month in the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> you were a pioneer, sir, and you should be properly respected for it. You literally created the river before we ever thought there was a need to create such a thing. There was a need. There was a need to hear my dulcet tones in your oh, country. Your tones. Mm, smooth, like olive oil. <laughs> I prefer it all over me. <laughs> Dip your head in olive oil and rub it all over me. <laughs> okay. I hadn't written on these for quite a while, so I thought I'd simply bang out an easy one to get back into it. Not unlike when I slowly dip my nuts in your mouth, Mark. Mm. Gentle. I, I would have used the exact same comparison. Mm -hmm. It's science. Mm -hmm. Now, although this only took a minute or two to write, this is still important information, so please listen up. On this segment of Annie Up, me and Mark are going to break down some common bets that players make in a casino. Now, let's start off with blackjack. One of the worst bets that you can make at the table is taking insurance. This bet is offered when the dealer is showing an ace. If the dealer's whole card, which is the hidden card, is a 10, giving him a blackjack, then the player wins two to one. Now, this initially Initially, initially, <laughs> this initially I'm the one like drinking. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, it's pretty fucked. I'm always surprised how many people take it when I'm playing a single deck game. Only 16 of the cards have a value of 10. That is only 31% of the deck. So 31 times out of 100, you'll win two bets, and 69 times out of 100, you will lose one bet. The net result is a deficit of seven, so it's fucking bad. This is what I love about you. You have literally corrupted my mind where I will, like sometimes, like I don't know these exact numbers, but I see somebody take insurance, right? And the first thing I do is like, you fucking idiot. Do you not you listen to the why. show? Did you not hear what Matt said? <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking idiots over here. I, what we've said, I think it might, it might even come up in a minute, but it's not hard to learn some of this stuff. No, it really isn't. <laughs> but, it's interesting how you've corrupted me and when it comes to, to blackjack because we've been, and I know we've told this story before, but I don't give a fuck. You're listening to the show. You clearly enjoyed my story, so I'm going to tell it to you again. The, huh. um, we, we were in Tunica and listening to this fucking idiot. Like one of the people that always tells you, and, and obviously I understand this is a extremely basic blackjack rule of thumb helpful hint for you to use. And, and one, one of the pieces of advice that she get is to always assume that the whole card is a 10. Now, I get that when it comes to helping you to play your hand, you know, whether it is you need to hit on a 16, because if you think there's automatically a 17 there, 
then obviously you're going to fight a little harder. But the thing is, is what bothers me is when I see people teaching other people stupid things like this, like somebody who doesn't know how to play. They're like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. See, what you want to do here is that if he's got a blackjack, then you want to do the insurance bike. It's I, I fight not saying something until they say something so insanely stupid. That, mm -hmm. that I have to be like, going, you realize you're a fucking idiot. Don't listen I to I wait idiot. until they involve me. As soon as they say something to me, like if they comment that I've done something wrong, <laughs> that's, I'm putting that strictly in fucking italics. <laughs> if they think I've done something wrong, then I will say something, but only then. <laughs> I because try. people just truly, truly think they know how to play. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and it, 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 it does enrage me, but I usually just sit, I take solace in the fact that I'm gonna be sitting there long after they leave the table. <laughs> <laughs> So I, just, I kind of enjoy watching people lose around me because that's funding these casinos, which I love. Right, <laughs> so right. dump your money for them and I'll take what I can back. <laughs> right, right. That's how I see it. I'm kind of fucking <laughs> like quite dark in that way. I'm like, yeah, you dump your money off you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome because you're like, I want this place to stay open. So if you just want to give me your money and I don't have to take theirs, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that's right. I want a free beer given to me every five minutes. So right. you keep doing what you're doing, Rita. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> now, another bad bet is not taking a double down when it's offered to you. Every double down has a greater than 50% chance of winning. Whenever you get a greater than 50% chance in a casino, you fucking take it. Now, just to clarify, we're talking about correct double downs as per basic strategy. Don't double down with a nine against an ace. Don't be a fucking idiot. No, that's exact. I'm glad we clarified that there because only the good, the good double downs. Uh, there's nothing better. You can't, you can't ask for a better opportunity than that. You never get, a you never get a coin flip in a casino, or better than a, certainly better than a coin flip. So if you do, you fucking just put as much money as you can. Don't. It's not something you think, oh, my bankroll's a bit low here. I shouldn't do it. You're actually losing money by having that mentality because in the long run, you will win by doing it. You want to know something interesting, Matt? A lot of times when I play blackjack. I don't win just traditionally. I make all my money off of the double downs. All well, my the, money. The game is a 50-50 game, pretty much oh, very oh, as close as it can be to that. Yeah. The double downs and the splits is what gives you your edge when you get them. So you, you have the, to coast through. You coast through the game. When those come up, you must do it. That's the other one I was thinking of. I couldn't right off the bat. You, you know, soaked in Ghost River Golden Ale here from Memphis, Tennessee. I, I couldn't remember <laughs> what <laughs> what it was, but it's it's all of those things where it's the splits, it's the double downs, all of those things is where I make up either all the money I've lost or get ahead. Always, always, yes. always, it's crazy. Now again, I know we've said this a million times, but please learn basic strategy. If you ignore basic strategy due to how do you feel the cards are coming out or whatever other bullshit you try and justify it with, you're in fact making a bad bet. Players who deviate from optimal strategy lose more over the long run compared to players who play the odds. It's math, Matt. Don't, I can't hear that again. <laughs> People won't even know what you're referring to there because it's a long time ago, but Mark said that incessantly for whole of 360 Vegas vacation in my ear every time a card went good or bad it doesn't really matter to Mark his comment was it's math it's just basic math I'm like what I know that I taught you the fucking math <laughs> Karen just screamed downstairs that it's math or screamed from upstairs that it's math <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, now, another common time where a player fails to play by optimal strategy is in poker on the first round of betting before the flop. High hands such as high pocket pairs, ace-king, ace-queen deserve a raise. But often a player will try to conceal the strength of his hand or believe that the big hands always lose, so they simply call. 
I hear this said fucking consistently and it enrages me. The big hands do win more often. That is a fact. That's why <laughs> they are the big hands. Right. Like, you hit, and especially with pocket aces. Oh, I never raise with aces because I always lose with them. You're a fucking idiot. You will not lose in the long run with that hand, I promise you. Listen, I, I know that sometimes they call fat guys skinny and bald guys hairy or whatever, but in gambling, nicknames are usually pretty accurate. <laughs> I get so... Again, I don't. I usually don't. I don't say anything at the table. I just let them have their moronic thinking, and I will usually win a pot from later on. Although, if you get the opportunity, please sit next to Matt when this shit's going on, because he <laughs> won't say it to them, but he'll say it to no. you. <laughs> just kind of lean over and tell you what a fucktard that guy is. <laughs> I, I do it loud enough that the person might hear, but not so clearly that they will probably know it's directed at them. Like you can see them thinking, is that aimed at me? But they can't say anything because I'm a large six foot three German idiot. So they're not going to challenge me, right. they never have. Right. But they, you can see them wanting to, but think, I don't know if that's directed at me or not. <laughs> I'm quite the prick. <laughs> Ironically, not raising will more likely mean you will lose the pot as you will allow more players in with weak hands who could potentially beat your strong hand. Or your lack of raise will mean the pot is smaller than it could have been, resulting in a net loss for that session. Now, that might sound a bit confusing how we've talked that there, but basically, you raise to minimize the players that are in, and that'll get rid of all those weak hands that have a chance, because their hands could improve by the end of the game to beat your hand, oh, and I that's how you think. That. Yeah, that's how river, people yeah. think they always lose with these big hands, because they allowed so many people in, their hands improved to a straight or whatever it might have been, and then they beat you. And that's how people remember, fuck, I always lose with these good cards. See, that's so impressive to me. Like, I remember watching you play poker, and it's like I play video poker. I could do it in my fucking sleep. I could be as hammered as I've ever been, blacked out for four hours, and I promise you I'm playing at virtual... If anything, I normally play at, like, 98, 99. I get super blacked out. I'm playing at 97, 98. It's just muscle memory, man. Yes, exactly. And that was you, man. Like, you, poker, you're bullshit. Yeah. yeah, you were bullshitting with me. Like, hey, man, it's so great to meet you. Like, oh, no, check. I'm a racist. That's fine. <laughs> Just not paying attention whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a very, it's the, it's a, I think it's an old, it's an old cliche, but it's a simple game to learn. But it takes years and years to master. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But once you have, you will never forget. And no matter, really, people put a lot, way too much stock in, I'm reading this guy and he plays like this. It's not, I don't think personally that's as true as people think. You can just play the math, like Mark says, and it will work out in the long run, especially playing limit poker. Not so much with no limit, but limit, certainly. Okay, and let's close this bad boy off. If you wish to contact us with a gambling question, have a gaming story you wish to share, or have any feedback, you can find me on Twitter at 360AnnieUp or drop me an email at 360AnnieUp at gmail.com. He's back. So for the record, I am back. He's back. Oh, you I have am. no idea how happy I am about this. I've not. I've been on Twitter all week, actually, under 360AnnieUp and just reading all the crap and all the guesses, and it was so hard not to just weigh in on something. Well, and I was so happy for you because it was one of those things. Like I said, it, it was a grand journey, and I can't – I appreciate what you and I have gone through over the last year, because I think not only has it gotten us to both appreciate the show a little bit better, but I think it's mm -hmm. made our friendship infinitely stronger. Definitely. Because Definitely. We, we had to go through all this. Like, we had to go through what we went over the last year to get to where we are now. 
<laughs> and and I really enjoy. Like I had told you before, I'm like Matt. They they miss you. They love you. You don't realize that. It's you know the the way that they feel about me and Karen and Brian. They feel the same way about you. They you came in so early that it feels like without you, it, it, it's it's irregular. And you just never really bought it until this no. week. So I loved every time people gave the guess that you were coming back. I'm like, fucking told you, man. I told you. Mm -hmm. It was a nice feeling. And I do want to take this opportunity, actually, to... I don't feel like I owe the listeners anything no, as such. You but don't. I do want to apologize for leaving so abruptly. It wasn't aimed at anyone particular. I wasn't... Don't think I don't respect you guys. I don't love your opinions and the chatter we had. I, I, that's really not the case at all. It's just that the way Mark and I have had to close things off with Twitter and the, it was almost... It would, we wanted to announce it on the show as well. We didn't want... Yeah. I didn't want to start announcing on Twitter that I was leaving and met and privately message a few people. We decided that wasn't the best way of doing it. So I just passed the account over to Mark. But that was... Please don't think it's any reflection of anyone there. I, I did feel genuinely bad about doing going about it that way, but it was the only it was the best way Mark and I could see it had to be done. Well, and in retrospect, you look at it and you realize once again, I think it made you and I's friendship even stronger because once again, you and I are very similar in the sense that we give a hundred percent of ourselves until we hit yes. the wall, and when we hit that wall, we hit it so hard that the fucking coroner's coming. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's bad, yes. and and it that's literally what happened. You gave every fucking ounce that you had hit that wall and you couldn't get away from this show fast enough i mean in it and you understood that it was you know it it, it was fun to be on the show and you were going to miss being on the yes. show and doing these things and it was going to be great but on the flip side the need to get the fuck away was so overpowering that that's what you had to chase but i wouldn't trade what has happened for the last year over for anything i consider you one of my closest friends on Completely this great. planet and I it's completely because agree. of this last year that has brought us to this point. Mm -hmm. It's myself and you. We're very much all or nothing guys. Yes, like, yes. And luckily now, I've nef I've definitely got the mentality now that I'm not going to go crazy with this show. Yep. I don't have to. I do it to talk to you, and to interact with listeners. But I even even on that regard, actually. For the record, I am back on Twitter, but I'm not going to be tweeting like I used to because I was getting up. I'd wake up in the middle of the night to go for a piss. I would check my phone and tweet in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's 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 stupid. That's not that's not healthy. That's not a good thing. It's awesome. And I, I'm, for the record, I'm not a social media fan no, at all. No, no, no. I respect it for talking to you guys because you got like the listeners because you are direct friends. But in general. I don't really like that kind of thing. It's not It's not real. I like real friendships. The people we met at 360 um, Vegas Vacation, Mark, the, like, that's that's what social media is great about. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to be obsessed. With, not Well, I wasn't obsessed before, but I was tweeting way, way too much. Well, and, and I would also say for those of you who recall six, eight months ago that I have not made or been the same presence that I used to be on social media. And it's not because I don't enjoy engaging our listeners. It's because it took me an extra six months to go through what Matt went through, through this whole mm -hmm. thing. I hit the wall. I had to get the hell away from it and find the core things that I love and focus on those things and push the shit that I didn't want to do away. It, it's it's an interesting thing to be the kind of person that, that Matt and I are, where you're like, I'm gonna do the best I can possibly fucking do. I'm gonna give it everything that I've got to make this the greatest thing that's ever been created. And eventually having that kind of passion, like Jesus Christ, the Incredible Hulk even fucking becomes Bruce Banner from time to time. <laughs> 
You know, it's like he is not constantly. He is not constantly the Hulk. And the problem is, is Matt and I were trying to be the fucking Hulk 24-7, everything mm -hmm. we do for this show. And the thing is, is I don't think the show has any less quality. I think nope. you and I are smarter people about it. We check out. Yes. You and I now chat about. There was a time. I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you, listeners. Ew, ew, ew. That was weird. Why did I just do that? Listeners, I referred to them. And, ugh, I apologize to all of you. Please send all your hate mail right to Three Six Vegas Vacation for that, or Three Six Vegas Podcast. <laughs> um, the point I'm trying to make. Matt and I went through a period where the only conversation that we had was about the show. That was it. We spoke and about we were talking, nothing. We're talking by direct message hundreds a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. We just keep chatting back and forth. As if we were talking on the phone. That's obviously why we were chatting like that. Yeah. But it would go on for hours. 100%. Over, like, and while we were both at work. Yes. <laughs> the only thing we would talk about. And it's luckily this year has caused us to, to be, like, Matt and I have mused about, and I'm not even 100% bailing on this idea. This could be a new, another bonus round thing. Matt and I mused as our friendship developed post the show of creating a podcast called Dicks on Flicks. Because one of the things that I absolutely adore about you is that I am the dreamer when it comes to movies. I like to buy into what it is they're selling me. And you love to analyze it and pick it apart and point out all the faults in it. And I get passionate and defensive. And it's fucking yes. hilarious. <laughs> we could have, we've had quite some dialogues that have been, if someone else was listening, they would, and I know they would be considered geniusly funny. Because yeah. <laughs> we're so opposite in the way we view films. Even though we both love films, yes. we really both do. We've got such different, and we were heavily into that idea. Like yes. we considered it, but I don't think people realize, and I truly don't think um, people understand how much work, particularly yourself, goes into this show. Even even now that you've stepped back a bit, there's a lot of work involved. Well, there's, and there's how, still how, how much time we put into it was insane. No, you're right. There's still a level that yes. I will not allow this show to to dip no. below. You know, yeah. and that's where I've now found that medium. There's times where I'm going to be inspired to write more vintage and do more fucking things. But I've now found the medium that I'm like, this makes me happy. I do this. Whenever inspiration spikes, I'll do a little bit more. But if it doesn't, this is what I'll keep doing. This is good for me. This is where I get to live my life, who I am as a person and, and my wife and my friends and, and the other interests that I have in this world. And then there is this hobby slash job, career, whatever the fuck that it is. Uh, let's just yes. stick with hobby. Let's just stick with hobby. That that I, I enjoy doing. And ultimately, at its core, is what I've said from day one. This show's concept is for two buddies to get, a, to get together and try to make each other laugh while they talk about something interesting. Exactly. That's the exactly. show. Okay, well, enough about us and our greatness. Let's get into some listener feedback. So it is extensive, so we have to honestly kind of shut this down because we could just ramble over weeks. <laughs> okay, we have a PayPal donation. Kelly from Elk Grove in California. Thank you for the show. This is the karma donation for my 30th birthday trip, which is March 13th to the 18th. Wish me luck. Good luck. Good luck. I, I just realized that it was a year today I flew home from 360 Vegas vacation. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That is hurt, does hurt. I remember I closed, um, oh. what do you call it, Vegas Mate on my phone that day because I wasn't going to need it for quite some time. Yeah. I remember closing it and like, just putting it to some other, hiding it somewhere on my phone, and I felt sick. I was like, oh. I can't fathom having the passion that I have about Las Vegas and mm -hmm. living in Australia with the, the it's, we almost have to come up with a Kickstarter fucking account to get you to Vegas. <laughs> There's an idea. We actually, Mark and I are subtly scheming at the moment for me to get there. Laura, my wife, Laura, doesn't know yet, but this is something that we're working on. 
we're trying to figure out every listen we have to sell fucking girl scout cookies we will do it uh-huh. <laughs> if i have to sell girl scouts i will <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if I have to pimp in Vegas, this is the level you have brought me to. <laughs> I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> okay, thank you heaps that, Kelly. And we've also got an email from a listener called William Gambling, and I'm assuming that's a joke name. <laughs> oh, I hope it isn't. It's <laughs> going to be a reference to Bill Gambling. It has to be. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely genius. However, if Karen and I ever do win the lottery and actually own our casino, I pledge to the listeners, we will name it Bill Gamblin's Hall. <laughs> That's a promise, listeners. Oh, Remember that. It would be a genius. At least Bill Gamblin's Lounge. We'll at least yeah, have that. No. That's classy. <laughs> All right, but this is a super awesome email. I can't wait to hear your feedback on this. He poses a question. If you could go back in time and witness any event in Vegas history, what would it be? Would you see Elvis at the Hilton? The Rat Pack at the Sands? Evil Knievel jumping the Caesar's Fountain, watch the implosion of the landmark. Just wondering, cheers. International listener, Karen. Will Gamblin. Mm. <laughs> what are your thoughts, sir? Roy being mauled by the tiger. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in the audience to see that? Uh-huh. No, no. It's not. If I had to say, even though I'm not a nostalgist like yourself as much right, right. it has to be the mirage when it first opened when that, that there was such a game changer i would love to have seen like the transition of the before and after of vegas that would be awesome to me that would be interesting i would pick elvis at the hilton for multiple reasons let me break it down for you for one i am an elvis fan i think it would be really cool specifically when he first started when he was really passionate about it before he got really drugged out and, and when he was rock and roll as well yeah when, when, when it was really he was really into it he was really looking forward to proving himself mm-hmm. but that's only the beginning of it to be honest the reason I picked this time is because I would get to see the part of Vegas that I didn't give a shit about until I fell in love with Vegas I get to see the fucking sands the dunes mm-hmm. I get to see all these these properties that don't exist anymore and all the while getting to see Elvis perform in his in his prime or his his post prime his second prime I guess but I mm-hmm. I would pick that what a phenomenal show I'd love to hear what other people think about that please feel free to email us tweet us I would love to hear if there's any and I've I've made this this comment before it's so funny that Luxor brought me to Las Vegas and and began what has now manifested itself into a passion that's so powerful that I've created a show all about mm-hmm. this this city. And, and while I didn't give a shit about this city until specifically the Luxor structure caused me to go, I, I have to see this place. I have to see it. Mm-hmm. Now I want to see a time that if Luxor had never happened, I wouldn't have wanted to see this time. So it's yeah, such it, an interesting, like, catch-22. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably missing something there because I, I know I'm missing other events in my mind. I couldn't – when I got this, this question when it came through, I – really couldn't think of i know we're missing something i know i'm missing something else so i would like to hear other people's suggestions because that's such an interesting question i really i really liked it yeah it was great it was great thank you mr camelin thank you (laughs) (laughs) and can we find out is that your real name please tweet us if that is because that's awesome it's it's not i know it's i know who he is it's not oh you do oh you do okay i I didn't know that (laughs) well done sir (laughs) 
Okay, that's going to do it for episode 125. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of these stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. If you'd like to send feedback, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. Good, bad, or indifferent, we read all iTunes reviews on the show. We don't care. We are all over social media. I'm on Annie Up at 360 Annie Up. Mark's at 360 Vegas. You can also find links to all those on the blog as well. Don't forget you can support the show when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the Amazon banner, then go ahead with your regular purchase. All right, that's it for me, Mark. Anything else from you? I'm absolutely thrilled to have you back, my brother. I am honored. I am. Thank you for letting me come back. It's, it's greatly appreciated. So, again, sorry to all the listeners for how I had to leave, but I am back and I'm back for good. Outstanding. We'll see you all next week. Yeah.